This episode is dedicated and in memory of Miss Patricia Allen. Without you, none of this would be possible. I love you to infinity and beyond. And please never stop watching over me. Sincerely, your grandson. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Talking with Counts podcast show. This is the first episode. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what all of you guys have pushed me to do. Um, I want to start off by saying without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. You know, without the support, without you guys pushing me, willing me to better myself. Um, and I just want to give a major thank you to everyone who's ever slid up on the snaps of me talking positively or just whatever the case may be. You guys are all a part of this journey. You guys mean a lot to me. Um, and yeah, I just want to give all y'all a shout out, but here it is talking with counts. Um, so today we're going to be talking about motivation. We're going to be talking about my journey, where I came from, you know, everything that's led up to this point of doing a podcast, right? So, you know, I, I feel like a while ago, I made a private snap. And with that private snap, I hope to try and help and inspire people, you know, and just, I didn't want it to be as what other people's private snaps are. And that's no problem if you, you know, you post what you want to post on your private snap. But mine, I wanted a private snap to shed inspiration and motivation on people's lives. So I would post topics, varying topics on my snap, and I would talk about those topics. And uh, I was doing that for a while and I just, I, I seen all the support flooding in. Like you should make a YouTube channel. You should do this, do that, do that. And uh, I didn't do anything with it right then and there, but I took heed, I took note of what everyone was saying. And I feel like it's led to this, you know, flashback to June this year. I think it was about June, um, a very, amazing opportunity came up for me and that was the interview I had with Leo Rush I don't know you know how many of you guys watched that but it was a very humbling experience for me right because I know I kind of want to do film and stuff I want to do YouTube I want to just put myself out there and do as much as I possibly can and you know this is a guy like that I, I watched on TV and you know, he was, he dropped music and the music was good. I, I liked the music. So the opportunity came by for me to possibly give him an interview on Instagram live. And I, you know, I was complacent with it at first, right? I didn't know if I was going to do it or not. I talked to some friends, talked to a special someone and that motivation that they gave me and that push that they gave helped me decide like you know what I'm gonna do it what's the worst that could happen you know it's an amazing opportunity you don't want to pass up on so you know we did that and after I did that interview I felt I felt amazing right I just had did something that not necessarily I dreamed of doing but something that was just big for me in general being able to talk to someone who who has made it above and, and who has chased his dreams I'm a dream chaser when Meek Mill, you know, dream chasers, Meek Mill is 
inspiration in that too but that's what i am i want to be a dream chaser i want to chase my dreams and just accomplish everything i can in life right and you know it it was just something so so precious so special to me to be able to do that and it kind of lit up lit fire because that wasn't an expected thing guys like that wasn't planned out literally i seen a post he made i emailed him a day later he's like we can do this we set it up that day he said we could do this and then it's like a day or two later i'm interviewing him just like that so i had to prepare myself i had to just you know tap in and thankfully thank god you know that it it turned out to be an amazing interview and one that i'm very proud of so from there you know i was like what's next how where do i go from you know from now like i, I just interviewed a famous person where do i go next right who what do i do right and i'm not gonna lie for for some months i just fell off fell off with every every thought every every ounce of passion that i had to just chase what i wanted to i fell off of it you know work was getting really hectic summertime was coming and and just everyone was flocking to home depot you know and and i was i was extremely busy i was caught up with life um until october hit in october i tore my meniscus at work i was sidelined i'm still sidelined and that hit me because for the first time since forever, I wasn't doing everything, doing anything on a daily basis, right? And and I'm an active person. I'm either in the gym, I'm either hooping, you know, or at work. That's that's my daily routine. And I wasn't able to do any of that. And you know, kind of getting in your head a little bit, but trying to keep a positive attitude about how this you know, the situation's gonna flow, how everything's gonna work, and, you know, it, w it was hard, but, you know, with some people in my corner, you know, talking to them, I just realized that I have all the time in the world right now to push for what I wanna do. So I ended up applying for school, you know, and after I applied for school, I started brainstorming, what else can I do? And I remember back onto all the passion I had for the interview with Leo Rush. And I thought, why not try to interview other people or create my own platform, AKA from the private snap days and put it somewhere else. And that's where this podcast came into play. I've always wanted to do a podcast with my friends. You know, I've talked about it for years with some of my friends. We just never acted on it. And I'm, as I'm sitting there, doing nothing on a daily basis, day in and day out, I realized that this is the perfect time, right? This has been one of the roughest years that any of us had to go have had to go, go through, right? It's an extremely rough year. If this year has taught me anything, it's not to wait for what you want to do in life, right? Life is way too short to do that, you know? I'm 21 years old, I'm about to be 22. I wanna live out my dreams to the fullest capacity, right? I wanna reach every single thing that I put in front of myself. I wanna grab it and accomplish it, right? Why am I gonna wait for it? It doesn't make sense. When we wait, we get complacent. When we get complacent, we don't do what we wanna do. 
and there's a whole bunch of obstacles that you you know in life that life throws at you but why can't you overcome them you know what I mean and that kind of goes along part of my journey right you know overcome so much and I'm so proud of myself and I don't want to just like boast about you know what I've overcome in my journey I want y'all to take this as motivation because if someone like me someone like me can get to where I am today and be able to have the money to do what I want be able to support my mom be able to just you know get to the point where I'm, I'm chasing my dreams and I feel like I'm achieving them right if I can get to this point than anyone can, man. And no, I didn't have it the worst off, right? But I had it pretty rough, you know? My whole life, I've grown up in Section 8 housing, right? Where I've grown up, we're kind of written off as we're not gonna be anything, right? There's already, there are, there's already a fucking, uh, a pre-made standard of what people that come out of this neighborhood would be, right? And, you know, growing up, I was also a problem child, right? I got in a lot of trouble growing up. You know? I was always in trouble, always doing the wrong thing, never listening to my mom. I was that kid. Some of y'all might have seen it in school, just didn't give a f- fluff. I'm not gonna cuss on here. Didn't give a fluff and just just acted up, didn't listen to teachers, didn't do what I was supposed to do, always slept in class, making jokes all day, ISS, OSS, even getting expelled in school. And for what? You know what I mean? And I look back at it and it hurts to think of now because it's like, damn, I had stuff going for me. I wrestled, I was going to the football team, you know what I'm saying? I was on the track team. I was very athletic back in the day. And there was so much I wanted to accomplish with sports and just just in general, just wanted to do. And that was all taken from me, not by anyone else, but by myself. And with that being said, it's like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? On top of already coming from a neighborhood where people write you off as you're not going to be anything, you're not going to do anything. I was making it worse for myself by acting the way I acted, you know, locked up two times, you know, and, and as a kid, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of devastating to, to actually have to go through that. You know, and you can't, you like, I couldn't blame anyone else but myself for what I put myself through. Um, but flash forward to supposedly be my senior year, right? I thought I was going to graduate. The, uh, the teachers, counselors, principals all had other, other thoughts on what would happen with me. And it's no one else's fault but my own, but I, I didn't end up graduating. Told all my friends I was a senior. You know, I hit the fact that really I wasn't a senior. I was still a freshman in high school. And it's something I haven't really told anyone, but as a senior, I was still a freshman. You're like, how does that happen? Well, it happens by not putting effort in, not doing what you're supposed to do, not going to school, you know, not listening to anyone because you just feel you're better than them, right? And I don't think it was ever a thing about me not knowing how to do the work and me not actually 
you know, like understanding, it was always a thing of, I just didn't care, right? I think in times there's some of the smartest kids are the kids who just don't apply themselves and put the effort in and show their ass. I feel like those are some of the smartest kids, honestly. But anyway, so yeah, I, I was a senior telling every or I was a freshman telling everyone I was a senior. And that was rough because it came to a point where they told me I wasn't going to graduate. And I knew deep down in my heart, but to hear it, to actually hear them say this, that you're not going to graduate, you're not going to be able to walk with your friends. That hit differently, right? It hit me to a point to where I, I almost couldn't like believe and realize what I was hearing. And from that point on, hearing that I wasn't going to graduate, it, it, it put me into even worse depression than I was already in. And I can remember after that point, you know, English and, and classes, like just English and, and, and other classes never was a problem with me. The only problem I ever had in school was math. And I, I can remember it got so bad, my depression, to where I ended up failing English 12. That's a class I've never, ever failed. English I've never failed in my life. And it got to the point where I failed this class, a class that I took so much pride in knowing and so much pride in just being, feeling like not the best, but feeling like I it, I just embraced English. I, I loved it, right? Here I am failing a class that I loved. Um, and that hit. I, at that point, I realized like, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing? I'm too caught up with making everybody laugh and just being that that type of kid to realize what I'm doing to myself. I'm only hurting myself. No one else is being hurt by me failing school. You know what I'm saying? No one. That hurts myself. So thoughts start to arise. I don't need school. I can just drop out. I can do, you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't need this. And those thoughts started popping up in my head. And as I had to go back for another year, I told people it would only be half a semester, then I would be out. That was far from the truth. I had a lot of catching up to do. And what happened when I got back to school for the 2018 year? The same BS. I thought me failing and seeing everybody that I cared for, everybody that I had grew up with, walking that stage would change something, and it didn't right back to the same stuff I was doing the year before and every other year after that. And, you know, I remember having a meeting in the counselor's office with my mom. Teachers are like, he's not going to graduate. He's not going to make it again. And I was pissed. Like, what the hell do you mean? Right? And they, I, I can't specifically remember her saying, that he's going to have to, he's gonna to have to go to alternative school. I'd already been to alternative school one time and they supported me like no other faculty has supported me in my life. And um, I was pissed because I felt like they gave up on me, right? And no, I'm not helping myself. I don't, I don't think you can expect others to help you if you don't help yourself first. But these are people who get paid Literally, they get paid to help 
and nurture these kids. And, and, you know, I was going through a rough patch all of my youth life, right? I, I, I just, you know, like, it is what it is. And it was what it was. But I just felt like they really gave up on me. So me and my mom took a trip down to the alternative school. And uh, we talked to the, the principal there. And he was saying that he didn't have any room for me. So the next thing he said was, we have a GED program. And I'd already had thoughts of dropping out. I said this, I wanted to drop out. As thoughts started to rye in my head. But they were just thoughts, right? <clears throat> As I talked to that principal with my mom sitting next to me, these weren't just thoughts anymore. This was reality. This change was going to happen. I was going to have to drop out and get my GED. And that, that hit me deeper than I think anything else has ever hit me in my life. Because it was all fine and dandy when I had the thoughts in my head and I was speaking them aloud and telling my mom I'm gonna just drop out. There's so many famous people who's dropped out and who has been successful in life. And listen, that may be the case, but that wasn't gonna be my journey, right? That's not what I wanted for my journey. I think the reason I was saying I wanted to drop out is just because of how angry and how frustrated I was with what I had let myself become. And uh, yeah, we're in that office and, and they're giving us uh, the, the list and the rundown of what would have to happen. And he's telling me I would have to get a job. And at that point I didn't have a job. I kept making an excuse that I would want to get a job after I graduated because I couldn't handle school and a job at the same time, which I think was just an excuse I made to not get a job. But anyway, so I was going to have to be forced to get a job. I was going to have to keep a log of the hours I worked, blah, blah, blah. A whole bunch of just stuff that I was not ready for and that I did not want to do. And I, I, I don't know what it was, I, if it was God, if it was, you know, just like, it was crazy. I, when I was at my old alternative school, there was this lady named Miss Neary, and she was really the one who nurtured me, who took care of me, who helped me, who pushed me, who wanted to see me succeed. And as I'm sitting in that office, Miss Neary walks into the room and I see her and I'm just hoping she turns her head and looks at me. And the next thing you know, she turns her head and looks. She comes over there. She's like, what are you guys doing here? And I was like, we're trying to, I'm trying to come here. And they're saying there's no room that she, you know, there's no, there's no case, like no room to accept another case. Miss Neary, one of the kindest souls I've ever met, looks at me and says, no, you're coming here. I'll take you on. Mind you, she had no room, no room whatsoever to accept another person on in, into her classroom. But she accepted me in there. And that meant so much to me. She gave me a rundown though. She said, you can't miss any days and you need to do all your work 
and like she's not she's not having it so with that being said I was back on track to graduate and that meant a lot to me you know what I'm saying because she didn't give up on me so you know now I'm an alternative school but I've got a trip to California coming up I'm not supposed to miss any days though because of the situation and the agreement Ms. me and Miss Neary had but my grandma had ended up coming down with cancer and we wanted to go see her you know and just see how she was doing so we ended up planning a trip we went to California had to take all of my work mind you I was in California it was not a vacation it was really just working it was I was it was like school in California for me you know what I'm saying like I didn't have vacation you know got to spend time with my grandma I think that was the biggest part of it and I can remember one of those days waking up in the morning you know and and going out to the the dining room at my aunt's house and my grandma was out there drinking her coffee grandma always was drinking her coffee early she was up before anyone else the crack of dawn I tell you just sipping on her coffee but um she's out there drinking some coffee and I come out there and she's like go get your books Damn, grandma you know what I'm saying I I really didn't feel like getting it at that point but I went and got it brought my work out there and started working and she had a talk with me right there and this talk will lead into the journey and catapult me to doing everything and accomplishing everything that I've accomplished to this day this trinket of motivation this speech that she gave me pushed me further and beyond every like it, it's helped me accomplish so many things that I never would have thought I could accomplish and it just it meant so much to me me and my grandma were like this growing up you know two peas in a pod as they would say and she gave me a talk and she said I want to see you graduate I love you but you're just hurting yourself with what you're doing and you know she says she wants the best for me she wants me to accomplish my dreams and and to just better myself and I sat back man and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like she has cancer right I don't know how much longer she's gonna last you know? and she's giving me this talk about how she wants to see me do good in life and just accomplish my dreams and graduate and from that point on I busted my ass busting my ass to graduate school I got my first job two months later and just busting my ass for the rest of that year fast forward to the next year I had, I had set goals for myself right and I just I had never really set goals for myself before but going into the I think it was what 2019 yeah, 2019, I had ended up setting goals for myself. I'd already accomplished two by, you know, finishing school and getting my first job. But the next set was, I'm going to have my permit. And for the longest time, I told a lot of people I had a license just because I was so embarrassed of myself and just, like, I feel like I let myself down, you know? And, and so when people would ask me to hang out and stuff, I just throw in every excuse in the book, you know, because I don't got my license. I don't got a permit even. I don't have a car. 
So I just threw in every excuse I could. Um, so I definitely knew getting my permit would have to be one of them. And, you know, I wanted to lose weight too. I was looking at myself and I'm 250. And I, I didn't like it, right? I, I hated the way I looked. Mind you, I graduated school, I, I got a first job, but I was still depressed. You know, you wake up and look at yourself in the mirror every day, you have to brush your teeth and take a shower, and you're just like, what did I let myself become? Hair was everywhere, beard was going crazy. I was looking a mess, I was looking so rough. I can remember there was some girls coming up to some of my coworkers trying to smack at them. And I'm just sitting there like, why are you talking to me? Oh wait, it's probably because of how you carry yourself and how you look right now, right? And that kind of clicked with me. It resonated with me as to I needed to lose weight. So two of my goals for going into what 2019 were to um, were to get my permit and to lose weight. I accomplished both of those things, and uh, it felt good. It felt good to finally lose the weight. It felt good. I finally got my per- my permit. Dang, excuse me for stuttering right there. But um, I finally got my permit. And I got to give a major shout out to my cousin Ronnie because without him calling me out, I wouldn't have got my permit either. I remember we were, uh, we were at King's Dominion or something. And he was like, he was like, bro, he was like, you over here getting my, my expectations high, talking about you about to go buy a car, you don't even got your permit. Called me out in front of, you know, other cousins and just some friends. And that resonated with me. I was like, damn. Like, he's right. I'm over here trying to size up like I'm about to buy a car. I don't even got a permit. What am I talking about? I can't buy no car. So that motivation he put into me by uh, calling me out, letting me to study do my permit test. I had, I had test anxiety, by the way. That's why I was always scared to go get my permit and stuff. I had major test anxiety, but I, I let that anxiety rule over me. So, but anyway, I started studying and it's a big shout out to him because he even, you know, crack at dawn was that at the um, crib to pick me up to go take me to do this, the permit test. And what do you know? I ended up passing it. And that's a big shout out to him for that. The weight loss, it didn't happen overnight either. Took a lot of deep digging inside of myself and just effort and passion for what I I had to do and know I needed to do. And it started changing. But also in 2019, back in June, the most traumatic experience in my life had happened for me, right? I can remember I was on the phone talking to someone who's like a big brother to me. His name's Elijah as well. It goes by Zai Young. Um, hopefully we'll see him on the podcast soon. But I was talking to him on the phone. And as soon as we hung up, I hear my mom's phone ring in the background. And it was FaceTime. And it was my aunt. And I just heard crying. And as soon as I heard the crying, I knew what happened, right? It just, I just knew. Mind you, like two months before that, we had went down to Michigan to see my grandma. 
for what it was going to be the last time. And, you know, that was, like, one of the hardest, like, things in my life to do. Like, I had to, I had to keep it strong. I had to play it strong because I'm just, I always grew up as, like, the strong individual, the one who never let emotions rule him. And, and here I am looking at my grandma who's about to die. And I know it. And, uh, it was hard, right? It, it was definitely hard. Like, what do you do? I've never, I've never dealt with death like that. Like this, this is new to me. And it's someone that I, I love so, so dearly, man. Like I'm telling you, we were like this. We really were two peas in a pod. When I say it, I mean it. And I'm looking at her and she's just, just not looking well. And, you know, I, I, I think the most meaningful thing to me going to see her the last time was I, I I never met my brothers and sisters in my life but I finally met them going out there last year and didn't meet them all but I met some of them and you know got to take pictures with them and, and just vibe with them hang out with them embrace them for the first time ever and that was something that I've always wanted to, wanted to accomplish I always wanted to meet my brothers and sisters it meant so much to me knowing I had them but never knowing like if I'd meet them kill me as a kid and I finally got to do that and I remember coming back to the house um that we were staying at where my grandma lived and she she didn't come down the stairs for anything she was always upstairs because it was hard for her to walk it was hard for her to move but she made it a point man to to come down the stairs and uh let me know how much it meant to her that I got to meet my brothers and sisters for the first time and that it went well and man I'm telling you that hit me so hard it was so deep it was so meaningful to me to hear that to to know that I moved her and I made her feel so good and just a joy that that she hadn't had in a while and I I was able to do that for her and, and and mind you the joy came from me meeting my brothers and sisters it's nothing that it's not like she's getting better news like she's gonna you know live or anything the joy came from me being able to meet my brothers and sisters that's how happy she was for me meant a lot man and uh like i said about two months later hear my aunt on the phone and i knew what you know i knew it man i i remember i went into the bathroom and just broke down and, and I didn't want anyone to comfort me, man. I really didn't. I'm, I'm bawling, snot coming out my nose and everything. Like, I'm dealing, I'm facing death right now, right? My grandma just died. And I, I like, I, I don't know how to comprehend how to deal with this. I don't know what, you know. <sighs> but, you know, days go by and I don't go back to work right away. But, I I end up going back to work. No, I think I did go back to work, actually. And I just dealt with it, you know. I'm not an emotional person. I don't like to show emotions. And I just was was emotionless. Like, this big thing had just happened to me. And I'm trying to hold everything in. Mind you, like, I'm, I'm a mess right now. And I'm just acting as if nothing had happened. We end up going out to Michigan for her funeral. And, uh, that was pretty tough for me. It's pretty tough. 
just, you know, I think, you know, that side of the family, I'm, I'm really only close with my grandma and my aunts and a couple other people. And there's just so many, you know, so many people there that I've seen before, but I'm just not close with, I don't know them and they're all there and they're just trying to comfort me. And I don't know any of you. So I'm like, get the hell away from me. Right. I, I, I don't, I don't want y'all's comfort. I don't want you guys sympathy, pity. I mean, they're going through it just as much, but that's my grandma, you know what I mean? And the, uh, the day of the funeral was, I think, the toughest to actually, like, you know, have them, quote-unquote, lay her to rest and, and take her coffin out. Mind you, I was part of the service. I'm, I'm like, one of the I forgot what it was called, but I was I was helping carry the casket out to the to the hearse, and uh, you know I was also uh, you know I, doing some other traditions that they had because she was Catholic, and which I was like I don't know what the hell I'm doing up here, but um, now nah, that was hard, man. It was really hard. I I had to come to grips with it because it was reality and it happened. And I didn't know how to, but I had to. And uh, yeah, after that, like that's after after that, the death happened and the funeral, that's when the weight really started to come off. That's when I ended up getting my permit. And honestly, I can remember too, like a couple months later, literally like a, a week after being at my job for a year, I got a promotion and when I first got my job I had told myself I would want to become a manager within a year I did that I became the toy department manager man that was big for me right that was huge and you know I I think that's when it started clicking with me like when you put your mind to it you can accomplish anything anything in the world right here I am, being the kid who was annoying as hell, didn't care about anything in high school, you know, getting in trouble at home, to now being a manager at what? I think I was 19, 20 years old being, uh, you know, as a manager. When I first got the manager's spot, I was 19, yeah. Being 19 years old as a manager. That was big for me, right? Me. And so the moral of the story is no matter where you come from, who you are, what you do, you can achieve anything. And I mean anything that you put your mind to. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of us all get caught up in the moment or we get caught up in and what's going on in life and, and everything just seems so sudden and we always tend to push what we want to do and our dreams to the side and we like, and it's in our mind, it's in the back of our mind, we know we want to do it but we don't chase it, we don't try to achieve it, we don't try to grab it by the throat, bring it down and just say like, you know what I'm saying, we don't, we don't go for it. 2020 has been a, a garbage year, right? 
life is very short it's so short and it's so precious to actually wake up in the morning and to take another breath and and to just live living is one of the best feelings in the world and i just don't think we realize how much we can actually do i found my motivation in my grandma where are you going to find your motivation now how are you going to find that motivation hopefully this podcast hopefully this show can give you motivation to achieve all the dreams you want to achieve to to do whatever the hell you want to do in life don't wait please don't wait don't ever be complacent because complacency honestly is what stops you from doing and achieving your dreams when you're complacent you're not doing something you're steady you're stagnant in the same spot don't ever be don't ever and if you take anything from this episode this show i want you to take not to ever in your life be stagnant with what you do don't ever be okay with where you're at in life You could be in the best position in the world. You could feel like you've accomplished all your dreams and you've done with everything that you set out to do in your life. But don't be okay with that. Always push to better yourself and better what's around you, right? Because we have one life. Honestly, one life, y'all. We need to live it the way we want to live it and accomplish what we want to do in in that one life, right? I want to do films. I want to do I want to do films. I wanted to do a podcast. I want to do a YouTube. I want to stream. I want to do it all. I'm gonna work for it. I'm gonna push for it, and I'm gonna continue until I have all that, right? So, if a kid like me. A man like me, as I should say now, can can change who he is, change everything, you know, and, and turn his life around. I sincerely believe and have faith in every single person who watches this, who listens, every single person in the world that they can do what they achieve, want to do in life and achieve the goals that they want to achieve, right? Like I said, don't be complacent and just please push, you know. It's it's hard to say more, you know, on the fact because it's just we've gone through so much collectively, you know. I was talking to a friend the other day and he was saying that, you know, he's been putting in application, application and application and it's hard not to get down because what's going on in the world and it's just like he's not getting any calls back or, or he's not able to get a job, he's not able to find one. My advice to him was keep keep digging, keep pushing. Even when they tell you, you know, you keep going, right? Because if you just stop, if you let that get the best of you, you're not gonna you're not gonna achieve anything, right? Because you stopped. You let them telling you no get the best of what you you know best of yourself. Nah, keep pushing, keep digging. You gotta dig deep. You gotta find your motivation. You have to find motivation. If you can't find motivation, I'll tell you straight like this. A lot of people in the NBA, they make motivation, right? They'll create narratives that aren't true for their psyche, right? They'll create a narrative like so-and-so was talking ish about them. So 
now when they see them, when they're playing them, they're aggressive because that that narrative that they had created for themselves to push harder and dig deeper into the game they play is helping them. It's completely, it's false, but that helped them. If you have to create a narrative to help you find motivation and dig deep, do that. But man, this, this has been great, man. This literally, I feel like I, I got so much off my chest, so much that I wanted to talk about. You know, I finally talked about it on a platform that, you know, you guys can listen to and hear. And, and it's pretty, it's, it's a long episode. I understand that. Sorry for that. But I feel like there's a lot of good stuff in here. And I appreciate you guys, man. From the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate you guys. You know, I want all of you guys to just dig deep. In a year when digging deep is hard, just dig deep. Find that resolve inside of yourself. Find that resolve that champions have. And... Just be the very best you that you can be. Be the version of you that nobody else believes that you can be. Be the version of you that is comfortable enough to look in the mirror every day and say that you're trying your damnedest to achieve every single thing that you set forth in front of yourself. With that being said, I really appreciate everyone who took the time out just to listen, just to vibe, just to talk with me. I love y'all, and I'm out. I just wanted to say, I didn't put this in the original recording, but I ended up getting my license, and I've got a car now. But for those of you who are around my age, who don't have a license, who don't have a permit, who don't even have a car, I just want to let y'all know that it is it is okay you know in society you know they'll tell you that it's not but i'm gonna tell you that it is okay because it's going through your own personal journey and it'll all come in time right it takes time to achieve your goals it takes time to accomplish what you want to accomplish So with that being said, don't let anybody rush you along your journey. You have to want to do it. You have to be active and pursuing it as well. It is your journey. Achieve your goals at your own pace. It is okay. I just wanted to put that in there. I love y'all. Peace.